Hello and welcome to the Cambridge Chat, bringing you city updates, local news, and upcoming community events and activities. This program is brought to you by Community Connections Network, connecting communities anytime, anywhere. I'm your co-host, Todd Streeter, and thank you for tuning into our show. And now I want to introduce our show hosts, Linda Wolf, City Administrator, and Evan Vogel, Assistant City Administrator, City of Cambridge. Well, all right. Thank you, Cambridge listeners. Uh, Todd, are you able to hear me? I am. Perfect. That's the kind of start that we want. Today we've got a, a really exciting show. We're waiting on our other guest. We're here to talk about the City of Cambridge budget, how it works, what it looks like, and what the priorities are from City Council uh, about our budget. It looks like we currently have City Finance Director Caroline Moe with us. Caroline, how are you? There's Caroline. Perfect. Jim, it looks like you're in the room too. Are you able to hear everything and, and are you with us? Yeah, everything's looking great and the weather outside is delightful for a change. Well, that is good. It's been a little bit cloudy and a little bit rainy. As you both know, we're here to talk turkey, to talk about the budget, how it works, and what the city council's priorities are. But first, could we ask our guests to introduce themselves here, starting with uh, Mayor Jim Godfrey. All right, yep, as he said, I'm the mayor, Jim Godfrey, mayor of Cambridge, Minnesota. I was elected in two, two years ago, basically, in November, and I've been mayor for going on my third year now. And was on the city council before that. Look forward to having a robust conversation about how we uh, do our budgeting and taxes and so on. Wonderful, Caroline? Yes, I've been uh, at Cambridge uh, Finance Director for over 19 years, and I've enjoyed working in Cambridge, and I have a wonderful team that I work with in our finance department, and we're always looking forward to serve the citizens of Cambridge. So let's let's start out basic here. Caroline, what what does our budget look like? What What is the city's budget, and what do we know about it? What's going on? Yeah, a budget is defined as an estimate of revenue and expenditures for a period of time. Revenue for the city are money coming in. Expenditures for the city are monies going out. Uh, the city budgets each year for a time period from January 1st to December 31st. Citizens may find the city's 2021 budget book on the city's website at www.ci.cambridge.mn.us. Once you get to the website, look for the government tab, and under the government tab, look for the finance and utility billing department. When you go to the bottom of the page, you're going to click here for the 2021 budget. The budget book includes the adopted budgets for the city, including the general fund, utility funds, airport operations, debt service, capital projects, and the economic development authority. Today, we're going to focus on the general fund because this is the budget that has the bulk of city services, such as police, fire, streets, and parks. If you look on page two of the city's budget, the 2021 adopted general fund budget is approximately $7.5 million. The budget is balanced, which means the revenues equal the expenditures. The budget is primarily supported by property tax, and of the $7.5 million of total revenue, Approximately $5.2 million comes from property taxes, or 70%. Other revenue sources include local government aid from the state of Minnesota, license and permit revenue, fine revenue, and the transfer in from northbound liquor profits. 
all of the revenue detail starts on page four in the budget packet. Okay, so so when people think about what cities do, uh, and and specifically what what they spend money on, I, I think that a lot of the time gets boiled down to kind of the visible services, public works, streets, police, parks, as you mentioned. How much of the city's budget goes towards those types of initiatives and departments? Correct. Um, public safety is our largest category of the general fund budget. About $2.8 million of the $7.5 million budget is spent on public safety, which includes the police department, fire, and emergency management. This represents about 38% of the budget. Uh, the next largest category in the budget is what we call general government, and that includes a lot of different things, including building inspection, city planning, elections, city hall maintenance, legal expense, council and mayor, finance and administration. That category accounts for about $1.7 million of the budget, or approximately 23%. The next category in the budget is street maintenance, and that's about $1.5 million of the budget, or approximately 21%. Parks and recreation make up the next category, which is about a half million dollars of the budget, or 7%. And that category covers all the maintenance of City Park and also the maintenance for the new library building. The last category in the general fund budget is for transfers out for economic development and capital outlay. And that amount for that part of the budget is about $850,000 or 11%. This is how the transfers cover things for like police car acquisition, fire trucks, and snow plows and those types of items. All of the expenditure detail for the budget starts on page seven in the budget packet. Okay, well that that's really cool to know that that's how the breakup works there. How do you get to that point? How do you get to the point where you uh, know that $2.8 million is going to public safety, and, and so what does the process to develop that look like? Can I jump in real quick, and I'm gonna nitpick a little bit. You know, you said it goes to public safety, but I would argue that almost all of that, all those different percentages add up to public safety, because you know, you think about police and fire, first and foremost, as you would about public safety, but safe streets are also important if you have uh, pothole-ridden streets, you have, like I encountered in St. Paul on a street that I will not name, somebody was backing up. All of up. them? <laughs> it was Aid, I'll tell you, it was Aid Mill Road before they resurfaced it. Yeah. I was going down the ramp and somebody was backing up the ramp because they couldn't deal with the potholes on the road anymore, um, you know, which is a huge safety concern if you're not expecting somebody to be backing up a freeway ramp. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, you know, you got streets and then you have the water utility funds and if you don't have safe drinking water, you end up with situations like they have in Flint, Michigan, and you know, uh, all those things basically have a component of keeping our community safe. Yeah, I, I think that's a great, great point, Jim. It all goes towards developing a, a product for the citizens, and that product is, is the city. Safe housing, you know, you gotta have those inspections to make sure that somebody's moving into a place that is up to code, and so on, so. Looping back around a, a little bit here, we, we kinda heard a bit about the breakdown how do we get to that point, Carolyn? Well, it's a little bit like a marathon, not a sprint. It's a long process uh, to get to uh, so that, that we can include a lot of different viewpoints. The city's annual budget is developed in the context of annually updating the city's long-range financial plan. 
The city's long-range financial plan looks out 10 years in regards to all planned capital outlay, as well as day-to-day operations. And basically, year one of the updated long-range plan becomes the next year's budget. More specifically, the process is as follows. The city council typically meets in February of each year to discuss future plans and priorities of the city. And based on this information, starting in April, the department heads over each city department develops their operating budget and capital plans for the next 10 years. All that information then comes back into the finance department in May, where the finance staff puts it all together and the city administrator and department heads take a look at the initial budget draft and make adjustments. In June, then, the first round of the budget is brought to the city council. And the city council reviews the planned projects and operations along with the tax levels that will be necessary to support the plans. The council gives uh, feedback to the staff as far as the changes that they would like made. In July, then, we encourage the public to give some feedback on the proposed budget via, via Balancing Act, which is a software program that allows citizens to simulate changes to the budget. And we'll take a, a little deeper dive into Balancing Act a little bit later in the, the podcast. In August, then, we typically meet with the City Council for another round of budget review, and based on the Council feedback, we make adjustments to the proposed budget. In September, then, as required by state law, a preliminary budget and property tax levy resolution is passed, and this sets the maximum property tax levy for the next year. Then in November, we typically do a last review of the budget with Council, and early in December, a public hearing is held on the proposed budget and tax levy. This meeting is called the Truth and Taxation Hearing, and citizens have an opportunity to comment on the budget and taxes at this meeting. After the Truth and Taxation Hearing, the Council meets to formally adopt the budget and property tax levy for the next year. And then a summary of the budget is published in the newspaper and a full copy of our budget is put on the website. So you can kind of see that it's definitely a marathon, not a sprint. Sure, and, and based on that then, where are we at in the current budget process for this year? Well, as we're in April, um, the department heads have been given their instructions for preparing their budget and they are feverishly working on it. And we look forward to receiving their information back in finance in May uh, and then having it ready for council in June. So Mayor Godfrey, Caroline mentioned that in, in February, there is work put in from council to, to determine some of the budget priorities heading into the year and to help outline um, the direction that council would like to go. What direction was given? Where are we at? This, this year is a kind of a weird year as we look uh, back at COVID and so on. And normally we have like one year, two year, five year and 10 year goals that the council sets and sort of becomes the parameters for what we want to see done in those time frames. Sure. With COVID, our, our one-year goals were basically get through COVID. So sure. let's see what we have left that's still functioning when we get to the other side of the pandemic. So, you know, that is an unusual thing. But we had recently the library was one of our uh, two-year goals. And so it took us a couple of years to get the, uh, the funding in place, to get the uh, levy referendum passed and so on, so that we could build this beautiful new operating facility, the Cambridge Public Library. So as I look forward here, some of our short-term priorities are to work on economic redevelopment in Cambridge. We have some areas that are, um, are not functioning to their fullest potential on their, or their sitting, buildings sitting empty on Main Street. That's always been a priority for uh, the council to see that we have 
functioning downtown so that um, you know the, the, there's good jobs, there's good businesses, there's places to go. You know, it just makes a more, more thriving community. And so uh, we have some economic uh, development opportunities that we're working on here in the short term. Also, we're doing some Sandquist Park improvements here as the uh, voters approved a lot of that funding through the uh, sales tax operating sure. levy fund. So we have plans now to start actually doing some of those improvements in the short term. Those kinds of things. Of course, other priorities, not directly related to the budget, but like Highway 95. You know, we have done a lot of work over the last years getting that basically shovel ready. And yep. we're, we're continuing to work with uh, Representative Stauber and the U.S. Congress, as well as the Minnesota um, legislature, to try and get the funding set up so we can actually do the improvements that we're ready to do on Highway 95 and make it a, a quarter of commerce. So we do have some city funds tied up with staff time um, in making those preparations, but now the big funding comes from the bigger fish in the sea here, and we're and we're working with them to try and make that happen in the short term as well. So that's just some of the priorities that come to my mind. Uh, we also still are talking about perhaps a splash pad if we can find a way to, to uh, afford it. Uh, somewhere. Also, we made some improvements in the police department and we organized things and we want to add, we want to look at adding officers in the future. You know, I'm, I'm talking like a 10-year goal because if the city continues to grow at this rate, our police force is going to have to grow at a similar pace. So it's those kinds of things. So we, we look into our crystal balls and try and figure out where we're going to be in five and 10 years and then set priorities because if you have to get a new fire truck, it doesn't just happen overnight. You can't have that money out of your pocket. You got to set aside a little bit every year to be able to buy a ladder truck or whatever it is. So, hope that helps. I think that's a I think that's a great point and kind of a kudos to the city finance department for its its planning and long range planning to establish sound practices for being able to buy that ladder truck and and other big capital things. Caroline, how how does that happen? I mean, how does it get to the point where a city of 10,000 people is able to have a ladder truck that extends to multi-story buildings or squad of 14 police cars and countless public works vehicles and plows and things of that nature? Right. And that all goes back to the basic long-range planning that's so critical to how we manage the city. We have uh, department heads that are very in tune with what they need for operations, and they work to communicate that to finance, and we put it all together because it's, well, they all have the list of what they would like. We also have to balance that with what the taxpayer uh, um, levies, you know, need to be and, and the burden on the taxpayer. So we have to look at that balance between providing service and the, and the burden that does create for property taxpayers. Uh, so um, it's, it's really been a great process. It's been a process that we have continued to improve under uh, the last 19 years that I've been here. And it's really the guiding key of how we run the finances for the um, city of Cambridge. And it's really important because it's recognized by when we go out to issue bonds by our bond rating agency, Standard & Poor's. That's recognized as a very critical component, and it helps us to score well when we get a bond rating. Caroline's not going to toot her own horn, but I, I want to toot the finance department's horn here a little bit. They do an excellent job with that long-range planning because... She has said in the past, and I think she would echo this again, when we get a fire truck, we have planned and set aside our funding. We're able to pay cash for that, which ends up saving all the taxpayers' money in the long run. 
because you don't have finance fees and charges that you're or credit charges that you're having to pay. And usually if you're paying cash for something, you're going to get a better deal unless it's like a state regulated item, you know. So, um, you know, kudos to that long range planning and then sticking to it, keeping the council honest because the, the face has changed over the last 19 years on the city council. But we all have come to learn from Caroline that it's important to make that financial plan a, a goal to stick to so that we don't have um, surprises that we can't find the money for and all of a sudden there's a huge spike in everybody's local taxes. Absolutely. I, I can share, I mean, it, it's public knowledge on the podcast here that I started in October and during that interview process and looking at the city, part of what attracted me to the city was I exactly what you're saying, Jim, is that the Standard & Poor's ratings and things like that are full of praise for the sound financial practices here and that's encouraging when you're looking at, at a community that you want to live in and yours and be a part of it. Caroline, you, you mentioned the levy and, and how that plays. First of all, could you explain what the levy is and then what might make it go up or down? Sure. The levy is the amount that we tell Isani County that they need to collect from taxpayers to send to the city of Cambridge. You know, there's a couple main components to the tax levy. One would be the amount that funds city operations, and that is, you know, basically funds police, fire, street maintenance, park, those types of things. We also have a portion of the levy that goes to pay for debt service. So typically that's for things like street projects that have been done in the past and that benefit the community for a longer period of time. So it's appropriate to use debt to finance those um, projects, and therefore we use a levy that supports those debt over a longer period of time. Um, things that make things go up in the levy, uh, obviously if government expenditures go up, you typically have to follow that with an uh, increase in levy. The other part that we're really struggling with though is the changes of valuation. Mm -hmm. um, the valuation for many of our commercial properties have been dropping in the last several years. And that has forced, uh, and conversely, the, the evaluations of many of our residential homes have been increasing. So it's been shifting of who is paying for the tax burden, kind of a shifting in the slice of a pie from, from one person to another. And that's been very tricky for us because even though we've been super careful about controlling the growth of expenditures, uh, we've had some swings in valuation on the residential side, which has been it's, it's difficult to talk to our home, a homeowner about increases in property taxes when we didn't increase expenditures. That makes a lot of sense. So you, you mentioned the taxpayers, the people of Cambridge here. Setting these priorities, picking these projects, balancing this tax burden versus services provided, it's kind of the fundamental question of government, uh, I, I think, is where is the right balance and how does that work? Um, Mayor Godfrey, how do you go about soliciting input from the public to, to make the decisions uh, on council uh, to have those guide you and, and the city in the direction we should be going in? We've done a number of things. Before COVID, we used to do listening sessions, so the entire council would gather at a, a location and announce that we were going to be there, and we're looking for input on what the priorities of the citizens were. Um, you know, we even had an ice cream social at City Park one time and that was very well attended. I think it was like 150 people came and uh, gave us what they thought we should be focusing on. Um, of course, during COVID, we couldn't do that. It's my hope no. that once the pandemic recedes, we can 
reinstitute those kinds of things and be more transparent as a council with the citizens so that they know, uh, you know what we're thinking, but also it's important that we know what they're thinking. And so over another thing that we've been doing over the last few years is something called Balancing Act, and I heard Caroline bring that up earlier in the podcast, um, and I'll let her talk about it, but we get uh, invite people to go on to Balancing Act on their computer, and they get to be the council member, basically, and shift the levers of government where they think the funding should be. And then, of course, right away, the computer does the calculations and says, okay, to do that, you're either going to have to raise taxes or cut something, so what are you going to cut? Or, you know, um, It gives people a real sense of the struggle that the council members and the finance department and the department heads have to come up with to balance the needs and, and what you want versus what you can afford to do. Uh, and have the tax paper, taxpayers still be able to afford to live in the city. Caroline probably won't mention this either, but she does an excellent job of going out uh, with her computer and meeting people. I remember she set up at Herman's uh, Bakery one day a couple of years ago and, and uh, people look at their tax receipts and figure out exactly how the proposed budget uh, levy is going to be impacting them in the year's future. She. Uh, has been taking phone calls for as long as I've known her from people that have questions and the best thing to do I think is if you're concerned or you don't know what's happening or why is this on my tax statement call Caroline she can explain the city side of it very well and I think a lot of people come to understand the limitations that the city of Cambridge has you know being one of a, of a number of entities that have taxing authority within the in the boundaries of Cambridge. Caroline, would you like to talk about Balancing Act at all? Yes, I sure would. Um, Balancing Act is a, way, a technology tool that allows people to submit information about the budget. It has a related tool that we recommend people look at first called Taxpayer Receipt. If you go to the city's website, you can click on Taxpayer Receipt, and you can put in your taxable market value of your home. This information is, can be found on your property tax statement you can receive from Isani County. And once you put that amount in, you'll see the breakdown of how your city taxes are currently being spent. For example, how much is going to police, fire, parks, etc. And just remember, this is the city tax portion only and does not include anything that goes for Isani County or to the school district. Then once you have a good idea of where your tax money is spent, you can jump back over to the tool called Balancing Act. And Balancing Act allows you to redo the city's budget to show if you made all the decisions. So, example, if you think you need more money spent on parks, uh, you can reflect that in the simulation. But just know that you either have to increase taxes to make that happen or reduce something else. Uh, if you don't think a certain department should have as much of the budget, then you can show a reduction for that area. Uh, and then once you make all those changes, you can submit that simulation in and that information will be brought to city council as for their decision uh, making process. Um, and if anybody has any questions about how to use Balancing Act, please feel free to call me at 763-552-3202. And I'm always happy to meet with people individually, either about Balancing Act or about the city's finances in general. It's one of my favorite things to do, actually. Yeah, I, I think that would be a, a great thing I, I can share with everybody. I've had a number of great conversations with Caroline as I've started to learn everything I can about the city's budget and she does a phenomenal job of explaining the ins and the outs and how things work and uh, if, if you don't understand I think that's a great resource that can be there to help. So we're getting close to the end of our, our program here today. Um, 
Caroline, do you have any final words on the budget, things you'd like to share with the taxpayers and citizens of Cambridge that um, are good takeaways? I just think citizens need to um, understand that the staff of the city is really, really interested in doing a good job for them, that we care about them, and we want to make sure that their service levels are acceptable, and that we really do struggle with trying to understand the tax burden and are trying to constantly balance service levels and tax burden. Mayor Godfrey, do you have any uh, final takeaways, things that you'd like to share? Uh, you know, I want to echo what you said. I know it's been a priority of our council in the last couple of years to get some local property tax relief to people, and so we've made some structural changes to try and do that. But also there's a misconception out there. I think a lot of people assume, and I get this every once in a while, that the, the mayor and the council don't actually pay the, for the property taxes, that we're somehow exempt from that. Uh, no, that's not true at all. So whatever levy increase we come up with is also affecting us. And so those property valuations that are shooting up on residential properties versus like commercial properties, you know, as a council person or a mayor, we're feeling that as well. So we understand uh, the pain that people are feeling, especially those on fixed income. And it's been a priority of mine to make sure that levy has stayed down as much as possible on the city side uh, and still get the... Uh, the services that people need so we can have a safe, vital community. Yeah, I think that's critical, and, and obviously it's a big part of why there's so much time dedicated towards the, the attempt to attract businesses and developments as well, because the the more you can expand that, that base, the, the more it should help everyone in theory. Um, before a little bit of a sign-off here, uh, just a, a final opening. Mayor Godfrey or Caroline, do you have any final words or thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I, all the council people are there for uh, servicing you, the, the citizens of Cambridge. So uh, if you do have questions, reach out to us and give us a call, shoot us an email, whatever it is. We will respond frequently for my part. The response is, I don't know, I'll have Carolyn give you a call <laughs> or something along those lines. Um, you know, don't just sit quietly and, and, and stew or fester about something. Let, let us know what you're thinking because that way we can understand your thinking and respond to those needs in the city because if one person's thinking it, it's probably a lot more than people than that who have that same concern. So help us address it by letting us know about it. That would just be the one thing I would want to lead to is, you know, we're not afraid to talk to anybody or we're actually happy when we get calls from citizens because we can't address their issues unless we hear from them. So I'm happy to get an email. I'm happy to get a phone call so that we can help you understand what's going on from the city's finances. You know, I think we may be hearing from someone here in just a few seconds. We've got a caller calling in here. Can you please introduce yourself and, and ask a question if you have one? Do you, do you have a question for our guest today? Yes, give me a five minute. I'm just literally coming. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I'm from India. Okay. Um, well, we appreciate you uh, joining our show. Do you live in the Cambridge area or uh, somewhere thereabouts? I'm living outside the uh, Cambridge. I'm not uh, from England. I'm from India. I just joined your community. What type of society you have? And I, it is nice to talk to you all. Wow, he's calling from India. So, <laughs> hello from across the world here. Uh, he, he said he was wondering what the size of our city was. Uh, you know, we're on the verge of about 10,000 people living within the city limits of Cambridge, Minnesota. Yeah, um, when I saw the tagline city of Cambridge, actually I'm preparing the 
exam for IELTS that is conducted by the Cambridge University. And that's why I enter here what type of community this is. That's oh, Cambridge University, okay. Yes. A little bit different area of the, of the world. Of the world, yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're glad you joined our show. Do we have anyone else? We have other people listening to the show here. Is there anyone else that has uh, call-in questions for uh, the mayor or Caroline or Evan? Yeah, one more thing. If you help me out. Actually, okay. I'm preparing for my IELTS, and I'm facing a huge problem in listening. And I'm not able to. What is the main problem with me? Please listen to you for all of you and guide me as per your. Actually, I'm not able to concentrate during the listening test, and my mind is going here and there. And I, I'm doing the speaking. I'm not speaking properly, and lot of the things are cooking in my mind, and I'm not able to deliver the things in properly. And these two main problem I'm facing. So how to overcome from it? Caroline, would you uh, mind offering your uh, contact information uh, to our listeners as well as to Seth Second, and uh, maybe he, they can follow up with more questions after the show? Sure. If um, people like to reach me, the best way is probably through email. My email address at the city is cmoe at ci.cambridge.com. Dot mn dot us. You can't reach me by email. You can also call me at area code 763-552-3202. And Carolyn, I do have a question um, back to the balancing act. I was former mayor back in my day, and, and we didn't have those kind of tools for us to use. How long has that been around? We've been using that about four years now. Um, so it's, it's definitely interesting. It, we really would encourage people to give it a try. It's very uh, intuitive. It's kind of click, 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 and you can make your uh, feedback known pretty straightforwardly. Okay, great. And the other question I have uh, is COVID obviously set, you know, our whole country back in many, many different ways. How did the city fare through all of that this past year? Uh, well, you know, oddly enough, I had that as the topic of my State of the City address, which I had done Last week it was, wasn't it? Yep. And uh, last week, Wednesday, we were thankful that we've come out as good as we have. We, uh, you know, it's not like we've every single business in town and, uh, and, and you know, lost a lot of lives or, you know, had any of those really negative impacts. And we're actually able to grow. We had some new businesses move in. We had uh, new housing develop. Uh, we had the library open during COVID uh, in June. So there are a number of successes that we were able to point to. And uh, we also prioritized helping our businesses. So we used some of our, our money from the CARES Act to help our local businesses. We issued grants um, and, uh, and loans and so on to the tune of like $234,000, if I remember off the top of my head right. That's pretty so, close. Um, you know, that was a way that we were able to, to keep our businesses going and keep people employed and help the city weather the storm as it were so i am fairly impressed with our community-wide response because it wasn't just the city that stepped in and did things uh the customers you know they bought gift certificates where they could and the businesses kept people on board wherever they could and found things for them to do and 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 kept things going with uh, everybody making a little bit of a sacrifice everybody i think was able to to um, not thrive at least survive yeah, in our first show, we had three businessmen uh, and women from downtown uh, talking about what they had to do to reinvent 
their businesses and to get people to come on downtown. It's a great show. I certainly encourage people to listen to that and learn more about what they did. Yeah, and and what I, you know, Todd, I wanted to add just a a call out for the the show. I really appreciate Mayor Godfrey and Finance Director Mo joining us today for this. Think that taxes are obviously the one of the central things that affect everybody and that citizens are curious about and want to understand better. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show that we're trying to start up here. Uh, And I also wanted to mention that this evening we're going to have kind of a special broadcast. At 7 p.m., we'll be having a show to say farewell to our current city administrator, Linda Wolf, who's been with the city for almost 15 years. Explore her incredible career with the city. Find out what she's got planned for her retirement. So uh, if you get a chance, give that a listen. Again, thank you to, to both of our guests today. Hey, thanks for having us. Evan, are you ready for the, and Mary, you're going to be the host of the co-host of the show tonight at seven o'clock as well, are you not? Yeah, that's right. I'm going to test out my podcasting chops big time today. (laughs) Big time. Well, special guest to host in one day. (laughs) Double, double duty, double duty. (laughs) Hopefully all that radio experience will be there, right? Yes, I hope it'll pay off somehow and that I don't embarrass myself again. (laughs) I've got confidence. I have confidence it'll all all work out. Well, we certainly encourage everyone to listen to the show and participate tonight. Uh, call in with your stories and your well-appreciated uh, well thanks for Linda's hard work there in Cambridge. Evan, are we uh, set to sign off? We are set to sign off. Thank you, Todd, for, for hosting this wonderful program. Well, thank you, and uh, we enjoy uh, doing this for all the Cambridge listeners in the whole area and look forward to hearing uh, from everyone yet tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll chat then. You can listen to today's program and past shows on the City of Cambridge website at ci.cambridge.mn.us, on your Podbean app, and on other popular podcast directories. We'd love to hear from you, so please visit the Cambridge website and leave your questions, comments, and suggestions. To receive notifications of upcoming shows, simply subscribe on the Podbean app or on the City's website. And if you have a moment, offer a review and rate our show. A five would be great. Don't forget to follow our show and share today's program with others. We want as many listeners like you to truly make this show your show, dedicated to engaging conversation with civic leaders and community members like you. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.